1: And now, Hebraic Roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International.
0: Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries. And we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject Yeshua from Genesis to Revelation. This is part 17 of the series next what we're going to do is we are going to begin looking at the epistles and we're going to see how that Paul's ministry was to the exiles of Israel we're going to see how in first Peter that Peter is writing a letter to the exiles of Israel. Paul himself taught Yeshua being the Messiah, repenting of your sins and returning to him, being part of a new covenant relationship with him, and the role of the Messiah to unite the 12 tribes of Israel. As Paul himself testifies of in Acts in chapter 26, in verses 6 and 7, Paul here is before King Agrippa, and he says, And now I stand, am and judge, for the hope of the promise made of God, unto our fathers under which promise our 12 tribes instantly serving God day and night hope to come he's being judged for the hope of the promise that God made to the fathers. And this promise is something that our 12 tribes hope to come to. In other words, they have not arrived. They are hoping to come to, meaning the unification of the 12 tribes of Israel is an event of the future. It is ultimately an event associated with Messianic times. Now, what we're going to do next is we're going to lay a foundation for you to understand understand what Paul is explaining in Romans 9, 10, and 11, and a foundation for you to understand 1 Peter. And we're going to see how Romans 9, 10, and 11, and 1 Peter, that what is stated there is being communicated and written to the exiles of Israel. In order to have our foundation for understanding this, we need to go to the book of Hosea. And Hosea in chapter 1 and verse 2, it's going to tell us about a marriage between Hosea and Gomer. And their marriage and the children that are born from their marriage is going to be a prophecy of the judgment upon the northern kingdom. The book of Hosea is written to tell of the judgment of the northern kingdom and then their restoration to Messiah and then uniting with their Brother Judah, Hosea chapter one verse two, the beginning of the word of the Lord by Hosea, and the Lord said to Hosea, Go take you a wife of whoredoms and children of whoredoms, for the land has committed great whoredom, departing from the Lord. There are three children mentioned from this marriage in Hosea in chapter one, and the first of the three children is Hosea chapter one and verse four, and the Lord said to him, Call his name Jezreel. Jezreel. Means means God will sow or God will scatter. The northern kingdom is going to be scattered among the nations. The second child from the marriage is Hosea in chapter 1 and verse 6. The name of the child is Lo-Ruhamah. Lo in Hebrew is not. Ruhamah is mercy. So the second child is named No Mercy because of the prophecy. For I will have no mercy upon the house of Israel, but I I will utterly take them away or send them into exile. Now the third child is named Lo-Ami. Lo in Hebrew is not. Am in Hebrew is people. Ami is my people. So the third child is named Lo-Ami or not my people. Hosea chapter 1 verse 9. Then said God call his name Lo-Ami for you are not my people and I will not be your God. How many of you know that if the God of Israel says I'm going to Scatter you in the nations. I'm not going to show you mercy, and you are not my people. That that is not good news. However, there's a pattern that we see in scripture that when the God of Israel rebukes his people, he's going to end the rebuke with words of comfort, words of encouragement, words of restoration, and that is how Hosea in chapter one ends. When we look at Hosea chapter one and verse ten, it says, "Even though it was." stated previously, no mercy and not my people, yet the number of the children of Israel shall be as the sand of the sea, which cannot be measured nor numbered. Well, those words, what does that cause you to recall when you hear the words, the number of the children of Israel shall be as the sand of the sea, which cannot be measured nor numbered. That is what was promised to Abraham. Therefore, we can see from the judgment that has got to come upon the northern kingdom is the way in which the covenant promise to Abraham is going to be fulfilled. Continuing on in Hosea chapter one, verse 10, it says, and it will come to pass that in the place where it was said to them, you are not my people. Well, where was it said you are not my people? Right here in the book of Hosea, when the judgment is given to the Northern King, it will be said that you are the sons of the living God. Well, who is a son of the living God? It is a believer in you. Yeshua as Messiah John chapter 1 verse 12 it is written but as many as received him to them gave he power to become the sons of God even to them that believe on his name so this is a prophecy that descendants from the northern kingdom would be believers in Yeshua as Messiah or would be sons of the living God that is why Yeshua was able to say to the Pharisees or the Jews in John in chapter 10 and verse 16. Other sheep I have which are not of this fold. Them also I must bring and they will hear my voice. He is speaking about the northern kingdom that corporately there would be many in the northern kingdom who would believe that Yeshua is the Messiah. And that's why we have the prophecy from Psalm chapter 80 and verse 1. Give ear, O shepherd of Israel, you that lead Joseph. That is the northern kingdom like a flock. Corporately, there would be more of Joseph or Ephraim who would be believing in Yeshua as Messiah, even though there has always been a remnant of believers from the house of Judah or the Jewish people in every generation. Hosea in chapter 2 and verse 23 it says, And I will sow her unto me in the earth, and I will have mercy upon her that had not obtained mercy, and I will. Sow Say to them which were not my people, you are my people, and they will say, You are my God. With this foundation from the book of Hosea, let's link the prophecies in Hosea to 1 Peter, and then also to the book of Romans. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5, this letter is being written to believers in Yeshua as Messiah, as it is written: You are lively stones you are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Yeshua Hamashiach. Now pay careful attention to 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 10 that those to whom this letter is being written to, this is what is being said to them that in time past you were not a people. Well who in time past was not a people? It is the prophecy that was given to the northern kingdom in Hosea chapter one verse nine of being lo me or not my people. But you are now the people of God. Well, how did they become the people of God by being believers in Yeshua as the Messiah? Because in Hosea chapter one in verse ten it was prophesied of the northern kingdom that they would once again be His people, which had not obtained mercy. How do you say no mercy in Hebrew? Lo that That was the prophecy to the northern kingdom in Hosea chapter one, verse six. But you now have obtained mercy. The prophecy of obtaining mercy is Hosea chapter two, verse 23. But how are they now the people of God? How did they obtain mercy? By believing in Yeshua as the Messiah and repenting of their sins. So we can see here that first Peter is written to the northern kingdom in exile. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 1 says, Peter, an apostle of Yeshua HaMashiach, to the strangers scattered. This word scattered is the Greek word diaspora. And the Jews who are in exile in the nations of the world, they are said to be in the diaspora. Here it is stated that this is being written to strangers who are in the diaspora. This is a reference to... To the northern kingdom, and we're told where they're located in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. Now, these strangers who are scattered in First Peter chapter one verse two, it is said of them that they are elect. Who in the Bible is called elect? It is the nation of Israel. But in order to see how this letter is being written to the northern kingdom in exile by Peter, he ends the letter by saying in First Peter chapter five verse. 13 those at Babylon elected together with you salute you or say hi well who is in Babylon that's elected together with somebody else those in Babylon are the Jews who were taken captive originally by King Nebuchadnezzar and the Jews in Babylon are elected together with their brothers of the northern kingdom so Peter is saying that your brothers of the southern kingdom, those Jews who are in Babylon, say hi to you. First Peter chapter one and verse two, that the strangers who are scattered there said that they are elect. Elect means chosen. Who in the Bible is called elect? It's the nation of Israel. Isaiah chapter 45 and verse four, it is written for Jacob, my servant's sake and Israel, my elect. The word elect is the Strong's number 972 in the Hebrew dictionary. Dictionary, and it is the Hebrew word bacher. It means chosen, choice one, or the elect of God. In 1 Peter, in chapter 2, and verse 9, it is written, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. Who in the Bible are referred to as being elect, or chosen, or a special people? It is the nation of Israel. Deuteronomy, in chapter 7, and verse 6, 6, it is written, but you are a holy people under the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a special people unto himself above all people that are upon the face of the earth. In First Peter, in chapter 1 in verse 10, it is written that the prophets prophesied of the grace that would come to you. The prophets prophesied of the grace that would come to the northern kingdom. This is who? Peter is writing this letter to. Where do we see the prophets prophesying of the grace coming to the northern kingdom? Well, one of the places is in Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 20, which states, Is Ephraim my dear son? The end of the verse says, I will surely have mercy upon him, says the Lord. And then in Hosea in chapter 2, verse 23, I will sow her unto me in the earth and I will have mercy upon her that. That had not obtained mercy. First Peter chapter 1 verse 18 it is written for as much as you know that you will not redeem with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers. This is referring to the fact that the northern kingdom has obtained redemption or salvation verse 19 through the precious blood of Messiah. Their redemption and salvation and restoration didn't come by returning to the oral law or rabbinic Judaism, but their salvation or restoration came through the shed blood of Yeshua on the tree. Now we look at 1 Peter in chapter 2 and verse 25 as our final evidence that this letter of 1 Peter is written to the northern kingdom in Exodus, Exile. It says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 25, but you were as sheep going astray, but you have returned to the shepherd and the bishop of your soul. Do you realize they can't return to the shepherd and bishop unless they had originally been with him? But then something happened and they are now returning. Well, what was the something that happened? They broke the covenant. When they broke the covenant, they were exiled in the nations of the world. They got scattered. They were as sheep that got scattered and were going astray. But now they understand that the Redeemer has come, Yeshua the Messiah. They now believe on Him. They've repented of the sins. So they have returned to the shepherd and bishop of their soul. Therefore, we can see that this letter of 1st Peter is being written to the Northern Kingdom. And this particular letter is written to the Northern Kingdom being located In the areas of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia and Bithynia which includes the area that was called Asia Minor. I want you to notice in 1st Peter in chapter 1 verse 1 of these areas that are stated where the northern kingdom are living. Now of course this is not the only areas where they were living but this is where they were living when Peter is addressing this epistle. He was writing to those who were living in that area. That's not the only area where the northern kingdom were living in exile. He was writing to a particular group in this particular area of the world. Now what we're going to see next is in Acts chapter 2 those who came to Jerusalem to celebrate Shavuot or the feast of Pentecost there were those who were there Jews as well as a remnant from the northern kingdom in acts in chapter 2 in verse 1 it says it was the day of pentecost we see in acts chapter 2 in verse 5 that there were Jews who were there acts chapter 2 verse 5 they were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews devout men out of every nation under heaven and then of the areas where those who came to Jerusalem to celebrate Shavuot or the Feast of Pentecost. It says in Acts chapter two verse nine, there were those who came from Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia. Those are the exact areas where the Northern Kingdom was living as Peter wrote his epistle to them. And then in Acts chapter two and verse ten, it says there were there those in Jerusalem celebrating the Feast of Pentecost or Shavuot. There were strangers of Rome, strangers. Strangers is referred to non-Jews, strangers of Rome, Jews, and proselytes. Proselytes were non-Jews who identified with Judah. So we have those three categories of people. Strangers of Rome, non-Jews, Jews, Jews, and proselytes, non-Jews who identified with Judah. Look at this. Acts chapter 2 verse 9. They came from Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia. 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 1 the strangers who are scattered are located in Pontus, Cappadocia, and Asia. But Acts chapter 2 verse 10 says the strangers were also located in Rome. From this hopefully we can see that when Paul is writing his letter to the Romans he is addressing those of the northern kingdom who are living in Rome Peter was addressing those of the northern kingdom who were living in Asia Minor and Paul is addressing his letter to the Romans to those of the northern kingdom who are living in Rome we can see this Romans in chapter 9 and verse Verse 24 it is written, even us whom he has called. Well, who in the Bible is called of God? It is the nation of Israel. Even us whom he has called, not of the Jews only, the Jews would be the southern kingdom or the house of Judah, but also the Gentiles, as he says in Hosea. The Gentiles, as he says in Hosea. Wait a second. The book of Hosea wasn't written to the Gentiles. The book of Hosea was written to the northern kingdom. So the context of the use of the word Gentile in Romans chapter 9, verse 24, it is speaking of those of the northern kingdom who are living in Rome. It says, as it says in Hosea, I will call them my people, which were not my people, and her beloved, which were not beloved. Hosea in chapter 2 and verse 23. Now, Romans chapter 9, verse 26, quotes from Hosea chapter 1, verse 10, and it will come to pass that in the place where it was said in them, you are not my people, There shall they be called the children of the living God. Just as Peter was pointing out in his letter in 1 Peter. That he was writing to the northern kingdom in Asia Minor. And he was showing them the prophecies regarding themselves in the book of Hosea. Paul is doing the same thing. Romans chapter 9, 10, and 11. Paul is explaining how, going back to Jeremiah in chapter 11 verses 16 and 17 where the house of Jacob is called an olive tree consisting of Jeremiah 11 verse 17 the house of Israel and the house of Judah that this olive tree the branches of it are broken Jeremiah chapter 11 verse 16 how did the branches of the olive tree get broken? By breaking the covenant at Mount Sinai it resulted into in the exile of the nations Paul is is going to explain in Romans 9, 10, and 11 how the broken branches of the olive tree are going to be restored. And he's going to explain in Romans 11, verse 17 that the wild branches are grafted in. And then in Romans 11, verse 24 that the natural branches are grafted in. In doing so, he's going to explain the role of the northern kingdom in believing in Yeshua as the Messiah that in believing he's Messiah and returning to Torah, what their prophesied task is as it relates to Judah and ultimately the uniting of the 12 tribes of Israel. Let's see how this is so. Romans in chapter 10 and verse 19, it says, But I say, did not Israel know? For first Moses said, when he's referring to Moses, he's referring to the Torah. So he's got a quote from the Torah. And where he's got a quote from is Deuteronomy chapter 32 verse 21 where Paul goes on to say in Romans chapter 10 verse 19 first Moses said I will provoke you to jealousy by them that are no people or not my people that's the prophecy of Hosea chapter 1 verse 9 to the northern kingdom and by a foolish nation a nation that doesn't follow Torah I will anger you Paul is quoting from Deuteronomy chapter 32 verse 21 and speaking about the prophecy to the northern kingdom that ultimately is associated with the book of Hosea. Deuteronomy 32 verse 21 they have moved me to jealousy with that which is not God they have provoked me to anger with their vanities. I will move them to jealousy with not a people. Deuteronomy 32 is called the second song of Moses. It is called the Hazinu and Deuteronomy chapter 32 is a prophecy of what will happen to the nation of Israel following the generation that came out of Egypt. And in the prophecy, it is stated here in Deuteronomy 32, 21, that there is going to be a people that's going to have the status of not being a people that is going to provoke another people to jealousy. Well, it was in the book of Hosea where we find that the Northern Kingdom was called not a people. And in the prophecy in Deuteronomy chapter 32, about them well that's going to conclude part 17 of the series on the subject yeshua from genesis to revelation shalom in yeshua the messiah amen